This is Larry Zerner, Shelley from Friday 13th Part 3. You're on Nightmare Junkhead. Hey, genius, fuck you too. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast determined to help break that glass ceiling my name is greg d i'm genius picky and on today's episode we're quaffing up our hair and dressing to the nines as we welcome royalty back to the show and talk jill gavargazion's the stylist and if you want to listen to the stylist show that is this podcast all you need to do is search for nightmare junkhead wherever podcasts are posted hit subscribe and when we drop our latest episode it'll download directly to your listening device of choice all up in your just a little off the top hole very good very good <laughs> and if you want to follow our stylish shenanigans on the social media uh, you can uh, locate us on twitter at nightmare junk and on facebook at nightmare junkhead you got to participate to play that's right that's right and on facebook uh, especially if you're in the Kansas city area make sure you do follow along because we do post all of our stylist events mm-hmm. no not stylist stylish yeah i don't want to be sued by copyright there on uh, any of the uh, creative team but make sure you're <laughs> following assist letters <laughs> make sure you are following along there because uh, as this episode is going to be released on friday september 16th or except september 13th i should say and that date means a lot <laughs> Exactly on all ends here. And if you are listening to this center in the Kansas City area, uh, at the Screenland Armor, friend of the podcast, uh, co-host of Slaughter Movie House, uh, Scary Gary himself is going to be hosting a screening of Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Ooh, that's a good one. And if I understand, he is going to be putting together, uh, I believe you play the game, the Friday the 13th mm-hmm. game, Genius? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. And, and you know what? And I always play Shelly because fuck Shelly. Because the way I figure, you know, if I'm going to die, I might as well see Shelly go like in terrible, terrible ways. And there's so. there's the bumper for the episode right exactly. there. Thank you, genius. <laughs> and then also make sure you stretch out because if I have it right, there is going to be a Crispin Glover-esque dance-off as well. Prizes galore. And if you want to be really indulgent, if you remember, we did record a commentary track for the final chapter. Mm-hmm. So if you want to listen along while you're going along, that would work with me. But ultimately... Make sure on September 17th, clear your calendar. Uh, and I don't care if you see this film at the Screenland Armor or yep. the Alamo Draft House, but it is playing at both theaters. And <sighs> I believe there is one word. And Genius, what would that one word be? Palm. And you, you have to make the, you have to do you the, have to uh, do the palm. Yes, you have you do. to do the palm. What is palm? Well, you're going to find out when you go see One Cut of the Dead. This film is absolutely amazing. One of my favorites coming along in a long time. It's such a lovely movie. And the less you know of the film, the, the better. better. Yeah, and that's one of those, we love trailers, we love the promotion of all that stuff, but ultimately... Going blind. You're doing yourself a disservice. Um, and even if you're not a zombie film fan... You'll still dig it. If you're not a horror it. fan, this You'll is still one dig it. I would recommend this to the normies yes, of all people. Exactly. This is a good normie everybody movie. And um, you know, it's 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 kind of a love letter to your film family. Mm-hmm. And speaking of film family, we're recording this day on the where the latest movie Crip Live uh, recorded, and this is just a little a Easter egg for all those people, but uh baby Vegas, there you go. It's out there. <laughs> Three people will know what that's talking about. It's Hopefully, they'll enjoy that. Uh, but ultimately, no. One Cut of the Dead. Get out there. See it again. But see it with the th- see oh, it in yeah. the theater. Oh, yeah. The experience of seeing it with other people. Mm. 
And that makes the movie. You're going to want to talk about this movie and just like have so much fun with this. It's and a this great is the second movie. zombie film that has I've I've cried through at Panic Fest, uh, Train to Busan and this, but both for different reasons. Yeah, no, I didn't cry at One Cut of the Dead. I was laughing and having a great time. But God damn that Train to Busan. Just when she's like, I just ball like a baby that's not fair no it's It's not not fair but you'll you will get different kind of tears with this screening so again uh september 17th now later that night as uh, always tuesday means terror tuesday at the draft house and (laughs) this particular screening actually as it turns out um go back to our marathons and festivals episode where genius had a chance to talk with a podcast friend Katie Glidewell, uh, a.k.a. The Blonde in Front. See, we drink the lemonade. You avoid the pink lemonade, as yeah. it turns out. So if you do have oh, a no. bad if you have a bad taste in your mouth for Midsummer, come and check out what it was riffing on, the original 1973 classic, The Wicker Man. Yeah, if you didn't like the millennial Wicker Man, you can go ahead and check out the OG one. So, Again, I enjoyed Midsummer. I know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. We will not approach that at night yeah, that, at that, all. Ah, oh, at night. Yeah. It does not come at night. Yep. But anyway, I mean, Wicker Man, for most people, everyone knows the the, you know, the ending. The, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus Christ. That <laughs> or, moment. Uh, or not the bees. Ah! Not that Wicker Man. Not yeah. that Wicker Man. We're going with the classy one. Not the comedy. No, we've got Christopher <laughs> Lee. We've got all of Brett Eklund. Uh, this is a naughty little pagany cult film. A lot of fun. Cannot see. wait to see it on the big screen. So thank you again, Adrian Amber, over at the Draft House on that. Ah, and again, more things coming up, so make sure you check all the events. Um, Now, ultimately, one of the things, you know, we we host a lot of the stuff in town, Mm -hmm. and the only reason for the most part that we're lucky enough to host things, I think, stemmed from the fact that we initially had a podcast going. I'm not saying that was the intro, but... But it helped. It did. Our first whole ever hosting gig was Conan the Barbarian, 35mm, out of the draft house. The only reason I think we were initially, you know, reached out to was because of the podcast. So that has led to that. But more importantly... Because of the podcast, and again, I'll say it, everyone knows, I am a socially awkward introvert, but I've had the opportunity to increase my networking skills, Mm -hmm. and because of that, I have grown some new acquaintances, as well as new friends. We've met some rad people. It's been a lovely journey, and it turns out on this particular episode, I've got all three of those things in here right now. Um, We talked a little bit about... it's, it's, And you may never leave. (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason why our first guest actually videotaped her way as she came down those steps the first time. Now, if you know the podcast, our next guest needs absolutely no introduction. But by royal decree, she demands one. Well, of course. And honestly, you would know her by three simple letters. GGP! But if this is your first time to the show, let us tell you a little bit about... This particular person, as are we? No, okay, we're good on this on the queue there. Making sure uh, she is the director of such shorts as Call Girl, um, Forty Two Counts, and a little short that just premiered in Kansas City last night. One last meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't mentioned the stylist yet because that is going to be the meat of this episode. But you know her as the Goth Gangster Princess. Welcome back, Jill Gavargazion. Yo, 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 Goth Gangster Princess is back. I was going to kick it up a little bit. As it moves. <laughs> to make it. sure. A just, little bit. just a little bit. Just a little bit. As it moves. Honestly, at this point, you're kind of a unofficial co-host. I mean, you're, you're, it's the five-timers club, the whole SNL thing. Mm-hmm. You're the Tom Hanks of You get of the green art. jacket. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that's I good. I just yeah. like Tom Hanks. <laughs> you, what, 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 don't, exactly. don't we all? Don't we all? 
It's, uh, he, his, the film Bachelor Party is the only <laughs> movie to correctly pronounce my last name. Because there's a line in there that says, the only good Rick is a dead Rick. And damn it, even as like an eight-year-old, it's like, that's my name! And I had an instant connection. <laughs> Hello, oh Springfield! <laughs> I think it's why my lifelong love of Tom Hanks came away. But I'm sorry, Jill, we're taking away your thunder here. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for having me back. Of course. Is it it's not the fifth time. It's got to be like the 20th time. I, I only say that just, I, I, I set a low bar. So when, you yeah. know, any of our Nightmare Junkhead fans out there go, go excuse me, this is like the, or her well, 11th. this is actually her seventh and a half. She, you can hear in the background on your live episode. Or something. And if you apply her logic, technically it's the 666 appearance. You know, that's hopefully the level of fandom that you inspire. Because I can definitely say as a fan myself, it's kind of nice to see the journey you've taken from your first episode here way back in the day to where we are currently and what we're here to talk about. It's, it's been, thank you for letting us be part of mm -hmm. that. Thank you for having us. Of course, of course. Now, you mentioned she said us, and yes, we do have, there's someone else here on the podcast, mm. genius. Oh, no. Who could it be? Well, actually, both- it's coming from inside the house! <laughs> yeah, the podcast recording is coming from inside the house. No, our next two guests, technically- That's one of my favorite moments in horror. <laughs> like, it, when you read that in Scary Stories, the call's coming from inside the house. Mm -hmm. I actually say it on fucking set. thing ever. On set, when a, f a phone goes off while we're recording, I literally say, the call comes from inside the house. <laughs> and everyone, I mean, we already ruined the take, so we might as well say it, you know. And a, and a voice that creepy could only come from someone that wears multiple hats on the uh, film set, and that it is include cinematographer and produ a producer. Uh, welcome to Nightmare Junkhead for the very first time, Robert Stern. What's up, everybody? This How are you very doing? very fun. Oh, I'm doing great, and it's fun to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank no, sincerely, thank you for taking Absolutely, time out man. to thank talk you. with us. Thank you for taking ignoring every like parental advice that your folks said to go into a stranger's mm -hmm. basement and do a podcast and we'll do a podcast. stuff in the basement come on down it's gonna be fun it, it seems to me that's like the new uh, apple and the razor blade kind of like mm -hmm. um urban legend, urban legend. <laughs> yeah. whether it's a column that coming from the house That'll or be in the new version of a scary stories book that oh. don't go in the basement to okay. record a podcast. i want to throw this mm -hmm. out to you and we've got the people that can make this happen and now again you know, shooting it, lighting it, that is one thing. Putting it together, producing is another. But man, you know, if the film doesn't look lived in, then your film is going to fail. And that's only going to happen when you have a good production designer. And our next guest also is just that. Uh, production designer and producer, welcome to Nightmare Junkhead for the first time, Sarah Sharp. Hi, guys. I'm so <laughs> nervous. Oh, <laughs> don't be nervous. Like I said, a dozen people. And I only ran away from you dozen to go and share the mic. Listening? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having all of us here. This is this is really awesome. I am truly actually nervous, but it is also the basement thing and the stranger yeah. thing <laughs> and the like. You gave me a glass of water that I didn't see poured thing, oh but that's still ah, fine. Ah, that's still ah, fine. But it's it great. really was the apple. It that's, was really it was the, the apple, apple that did it. I yeah. think. <sighs> I, but still great to be here while we're alive. <laughs> well, and I, I swear I didn't want to make it. Enjoy the little moments. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't want to make it look awkward as I ran away from you to go over here to the mic. So I, again, Genius and I will be sharing the mic this time. So Jill, please don't get any of those really awkward up close moments because I did forget Genius to um, add a little uh, double mint gum. So I apologize. Mm -hmm. But bad. while Genius and I are getting close, please tell our listeners, uh, Jill, Sarah, Robert, where can they find you out on the social media? Please plug and promote away. Well, you can find me at Film Street on IG and uh, our lovely little business that we have where we make movies. We run through our truck at, at Three Ton Mango. That's r legit, actually. Three Ton Mango. So, Hello. Um, I'm at Jill6, two X's on every social media, and 6 to 8 
on all of them as well. Wait, and the stylist film at the stylist film IG Twitter and Facebook. Uh, so I don't really do the social media <laughs> thing, but um, I also forgot all my passwords. So when I did do the social media thing about a decade ago, I think I still have things up. So potentially on Instagram, I'm there somewhere. You can see some uh, old, uh, some old stuff if you're looking at old school things. But I'm on IMDb, kind of like social media <laughs> as a uh, Sarah Sharp. Indeed, and uh, quite honestly, um, I should just say this uh, for those of you because this isn't a visual podcast. Sarah is probably the healthiest looking of us, so probably oh. staying away from the social media is probably a good thing. We should all avoid it, but it is a necessary thing. We should shout out that you guys are the Line Film Co. Oh, there that was a, would Rob be an important thing. Yeah, beyond what we uh, do every day as you know designers, we are, came together to become the Line Film Company. So that's kind of our thing, and we produce films. So a lot of horror films. If anyone out there is interested, ooh, ten, well, how did then? How did the creation of that come together? Because one of the first questions we mm -hmm. usually ask any first-time guests are their horror origin. Right. However, because you know we always we're a very professional podcast here. We make sure we do a little pre-questionnaire <laughs> along with rap snacks. Again, officially, unofficially uh, sponsored by this particular episode. Uh, we usually ask your horror origin. You know, i.e., what was it that got you into horror? But ultimately, my question is. What was it uh, film-wise that got you into filmmaking? And then ultimately, how did you the two to come together to create then this company? Mm, mm. For me, I think it goes back to the, like way back. It goes to high school when I was that jock that left the party <laughs> to go make uh, wrestling videos. So uh, once you get handed the camera to shoot wrestling videos because it just works really well and you're making it happen, they go, you should probably shoot the next thing, which we're making a zombie movie next week. And from there it progresses and you learn the craft and learn how to edit on VCRs. And here I am in doing real things. So. High school wrestling leads to a lot of things, it a does. lot of, you know, sweating <laughs> off pounds, awkward gropes, but ultimately mm -hmm. for you, it became like your lifelong obsession. It, it Somehow this happens. You go from editing like bad stunts where your buddy's jumping <laughs> off a couch and puts a <laughs> hole in your, you know, your, their parents' basement wall. It's just not cool. So you got to edit around it somehow. <laughs> and in, the, in that becomes like, oh, now I produce movies. So You see the magic behind the curtain mm -hmm, in mm -hmm, many ways. Mm -hmm. So Sarah, what was your initial entryway? So a uh, majority of my life, I was not raised with a TV. So I was kind of introduced to a more like, um, I guess what only really got to watch TV like every couple of weeks when I would go and like stay at my grandma's house. But I am from a family of interior designers. I was also raised like really, really rural. And my brother was a massive Disney fan. And so he, when we were watching movies, watching TV, all kinds of stuff, he was always talking to us about the process involved in all these things. Because he was like, I think at the time, justifying that like filmmaking is a real job. So even from like a young, young person, it was like, oh, wow, like that's someone had to like work to make that happen. And then when Lord of the Rings came out and started specifically looking at the orcs and like realizing those are actual people oh my gosh someone like spent the time it was that was when i decided like you know what this is what i this is what i need to do it's interesting both of you had a chance to kind of get that inside peek about how the sausage is made yeah and ultimately mm -hmm. led that because with some people they see that and they're like okay that's fine whatever mm -hmm. but for some of us like i love the whole behind the scenes stuff in movies mm -hmm. i love that kind of stuff I, that's why 
I could never be a filmmaker or anyone that does what you guys do. I, again, that's why I appreciate when these things happen. But it also, you know, that sent me that way with you guys. Ultimately, it's like, no, 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 we want to be hands on. That's kind of mm -hmm. incredible. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, then how did the, co the creation of the company come together? Oh, wow. Uh -oh. I mean, that gets into some personal stuff. Oh, I mean, oh, that, yeah. but um, we can we can do a G rated. We can take no. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. Protect, change the names. Yeah. Protect you the can plead so, the fifth on that one. Yeah. That's not, fine. That's not fine. to ruin the ending here, but Sarah and I are married. So, uh, you know, the <laughs> line. <laughs> film, yeah. Part of this uh, love comes from not just movies, but, you know, falling in love with Sarah. We found that we have a lot of the same interests. And once it gets into designing things, it's like, well, why don't we just chase movies together, you know? So mm -hmm. it's pretty phenomenal to have such a partner in this whole thing. That's mm -hmm. fantastic. That's and you would like, like if you worked on a film with them and didn't know they're so professional that you honestly couldn't tell. Like the first time I met them, I didn't know. And I've had people that worked on The Stylist not realize it. And I was like, yeah, are you serious? What? Because <laughs> um, I've worked with people who maybe are couples and it doesn't at all feel professional. Um, it does, yeah. I would assume there's some bit of etiquette that has to be established in that point. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. Well, I think when you respect someone so much as as another designer and another artist, and that was, like, ultimately, like, what drew us together first is, like, we both, like, loved each other's style. We both, like, loved a lot of things. And so now it's you really want to be like, what can I do to make that thing that they're creating, like, all the richer? And so it's really... We don't get to work together that often, but when yeah. we do, it's like a real treat. Right, 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 right. Yeah, as as professionals now, we don't get to share the same sets as much, but uh, when we do, it's it's, it's fantastic because we know not we're just looking out for each other design wise, yeah. but sure. then uh, that by itself kind of takes it to a whole different level when yeah. you know somebody's directing the actors and everything else, and we've kind of got foreground and background within our grasp. Mm -hmm. It's so good to have a cool. partner for whatever you do that shares your kind of idea and mm -hmm. so that you can run with yeah it always makes things a lot easier it changes yeah. the game yeah mm -hmm. not often do people marry their own production designer so yeah <laughs> so that being said you'd kind of talk about the chance to be able to work together well mm -hmm. it so happens that i know you guys had a chance to collaborate with one jill gavargazian here on her short the stylist and ultimately that is what we're here to talk about because jill you like like i said we've been thankful to be kind of you know part of the journey uh, of your you know as a filmmaker and we've always we've been, been fans i mean like ever since you're you saw your some of your first stuff like she's got a great eye you know so yeah we've always been fans from day one and the fact that we're fans and friends it's even doper but ultimately then we've talked about the stylist where it came from the, from a short now to at this point we've always been talking about it what is going to be your first feature and as it turns out we are now in the midst of a kickstarter campaign for the stylist feature film so before we get into the campaign and everything how initially did you end up getting all of you guys together to create the uh the oh, unsettling little short masterpiece that is the stylist what the fuck claire <laughs> <laughs> well we i met robert and sarah on john Patta's short film pity from i believe 2014 mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. I helped produce it, and I, I went up to the shoot just because I was psyched to be a part of something and wanted to meet everybody, and that's Rob shot it, and Sarah designed it, and they also helped produce it, but watching them and how they worked on set was like, I was just blown away by it, because I'd just been on a few indie films around here on sets, and they're very, they were very amateur sets in comparison to how this was ran. I was like just blown away by everything. 
And I don't know, it was like maybe a year later or something, but we kept in touch and maybe Rob said at one point that he wanted to work together at some point and somehow eventually the stylist, I'm not sure how, I just know we wanted to work together and finally I had the stylist and then I showed it to them. We slowly started putting it together. I yeah, I mean, it, it was a script that kind of like grabs you immediately, and uh, I mean, it's very visual, uh, and that's why we're very excited to make the feature because the feature reads like shot, 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 shot. Wait, wait mm-hmm. that's a song, but Everybody! Uh, <laughs> literally, I mean, you can see the movie when uh, you read that, and reading as many scripts as as we do, we don't always get that. So, like this movie as a feature just pops like it just pops right off the page it's insane there was also for me like a degree of this is gonna be spooky to say but like a degree of relatability i came into the industry as a hair and makeup artist and i'm also a licensed stylist not to the level that jill operates as a stylist <laughs> anymore but it was something in my past and like reading it it to me it became like so much more visual even from like a logistical point of view like it is like, there are a few things that I function in life. Like, mm, you know, if you hit the right person at the right time right now, it could be, like, a terrifying experience if that right person was really a terrible person. And I actually think about that with, like, with haircutting and with a whole stylist bit. So that's why I loved it. And Claire has ultimately proven to become a really strong character for the most part and one that a lot of people ultimately identify with. And I want to ask just the combination then of cinematography and production design, especially in bringing the stylist short to life and ultimately what you'll be doing with the feature film. But I love the stark contrast from the shop to her, 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 in that intimate area. What was the challenge? Because it's warm. Mm-hmm. inviting but at the same time there's like scalps and shit all over yeah, the place exactly. so it's like warm and inviting <laughs> but it's also a scene of horror so how did that come off off of the script and what did you guys do to collaborate that especially jill you know jill has always been the proponent of the true collaboration you know putting the best people together to get the best best possible product so what was the experience like initially going from from like print to actually making it put putting it together well i will say with this short it was like it was my like a very big pro- very big thing for me to attack at that moment. I'd only made Call Girl at the time. And so they really like chaperoned me through how to like prepare for a film. Um, like I had never storyboarded something before that. And I don't know, was, I just really like through their guidance just started to like study lots of stuff I liked to try to like decide how it should look. At first I was like all over the place. Um, a lot of it was influenced, I think, by our actual locations, which we do often. Like, we find a really cool place and are inspired by the color palette of that. Or, But um, honestly, like, right before I we made the film, I watched Zodiac again. And I was so blown away by the amount of yellow in the film. And that immediately, like, became a thing. Um, I don't know. You guys want to start? Yeah, how do, how do you create <laughs> that yellow feeling, then, with, with what Jill is inspired by? How do you make it reality, then, upon the film? Well, uh, practically color-wise, like, because there was a, the dress that Claire wears was, like, very important to Jill and a very, like, specific thing for, for Najar to wear with her red hair. So there was, like, a few, you kind of process of elimination, like, decide, okay, like, we're not going to do red. The only red that needs to exist is, like, her hair, blood, period. That's all that needs to exist. She's wearing this dress that is important and is now, like, becoming such a visual staple. We've 
wanted to leak that color in we did kind of like via some of the practical lights that are there and then like mm-hmm. the stools in the location were like the perfect color so we placed them in the right place and then it was like finding the other piece of like what is going to rich in this whole thing and so you just like do some color theory and that kind of i mean there's a ton there's actually even though everyone says there's so much yellow there's actually so mm-hmm. much more purple and like shades yeah. of purple which Accenting rich in it. makes it pop yeah, yeah which mm-hmm. rich in all the yellow but also makes the basement seem so con like contrasted because you've actually been looking at a ton of purple and now you're looking at like all gold and it's all just like a mental game that now i'm so excited to do for the feature because now i got a few years practice right so. and that's <laughs> and you forget how unsettling that can be just yeah. the color contrast and what because the st- it's a dreadful film but yeah. also you get some weird pathos so what were the challenge presented robert then shooting mm-hmm. the short challenges from the short well i mean from a logistical point of view technical point of view i mean the birdcage location is still a live environment real location that comes with the salon the yeah. salon yes it comes with uh you know less elbow space than what any other film would be used to and less rigging space when you go to hide lighting when you go to hide people when you go to hide your your foot your footprint you know so the challenges would be the actual locations but to be honest with you i thoroughly love working within real locations when i have to yeah. do stage work it um it, it just doesn't have the same feel for me so like when i end up doing something you know when i get to choose to do something i'd rather just be there rather than try to recreate it but you know you recreate it for budgetary reasons depending on your your how big your star is or how big whatever amount of time you has with with that star i mean there's many many good reasons to do stage work but if i can get a real location I, i'll take it and it is a challenge, yeah, for sure. Well, and they say, you know, shoot with what you know, shoot with what you have, ultimately. But the challenges, more than anything, I can't, you kind of, I've mentioned before, is, you know, limited budget, limited locations. It How helps. do you make the best of it? But yeah, ultimately, mm-hmm. and I can say this as, again, as a, I feel unbiased on this, but the stylist, when I remember when I first saw that, I mean, the visuals were so striking. And just to see everything come together like that, going, God damn. Like, this looks like next level. Like, it really separated itself from a lot of the shorts that we had seen at the time. Yeah, and again, it's, we're, okay, we're a little biased because of Jill, but ultimately, the best part of it was then seeing other people react to the stylish short. Mm-hmm. When it starts winning all of these mm-hmm. awards, you're like, wow, this thing has legs. So, when did you realize the, the you realization something, something of, truly special and of cool. going from a short to a feature? Well, I want to say, I, oh, you yeah. know, I don't know, a moment like when we were at the rap party for the short, mm. Rob said to me, like, I think we have something really okay. special here. It's like we could feel it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. to sound like. That doesn't this happen is on all films. No, like, I, I, I can just tell. being honest. Yeah. There's something very special that's like in the air, and uh, it's like everyone feels it. It's like a glint in the eye that uh, uh, fortunately we had for that film, and uh, you don't always get that. So mm-hmm. it's very special. But then special. when we were. We were all together at our world premiere at Etheria Film Night 2016. And Shout out. like even though we were so, we all were really had a good feeling about it and we're so proud, we could have never imagined like winning those awards and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just still can't believe it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, what was that like traveling around and going to different festivals and just getting all the acclimates that it's been getting? I mean, you, since, since you've last been on the show, you, 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 you've gotten just. A murderer's row of awards, and that's awesome. So what is that like, going and knowing that something, not only going to see it, but knowing that people are really digging it all over? 
It was awesome. The only <laughs> critique I'll have of myself is that we should have had the script ready right then sure. when it was hot. The for distributors. Was first coming out. But you live and you learn. Yeah. I mean, it, I was I was trying. Filmmakers, <laughs> have your stuff ready. That's, yeah. That's all yeah. I got to say. say like, you have like, to be prepared for like basically the biggest success you could imagine yeah. just so you are ready if that happens. Yeah, yeah. like but, the biggest thing is like the Brian De Palma rule, which is like when you're on a movie, make sure you have your next movie ready. Yes. Yeah. Not after the movie. Yeah. Have it ready when you're in that movie that you're currently on. What do they yeah. say? Luck is just being prepared at the right time? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting going from short to feature, Jill. It's a good thing that probably you are working with both Robert and Sarah because it looks like they have a little experience putting together something from a short to a feature because, and we talked about it on the podcast before, but you both worked on Gigs, the clown. Gigs, Gigs is red Are you shit. trying to say it like mm. you're from Wisconsin? Gigs? I, well, I'm we trying were told, to gags. We were, told, we were told to say Gigs. Gags the clown. Yeah, you gotta say it like Gigs, like gigabytes. Gigs. 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 I just like true. to make fun of my great friends, John Pata and Adam Krause up there in Wisconsin. Gigs. Well, ultimately, Love we saw guys, it at the Panic Film Festival, and it was one of the biggest surprises because A you go in, surprise. ultimately thinking Killer Clown, and it becomes something mm-hmm. totally different. Mm-hmm. So initially, what was the experience like then initially going from a short to a feature with gags? Mm. Wow, completely different Totally experience. different situation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that, that whole thing started off with us getting a call that, you know, it was kind of on the side. I remember my phone going off, and John says, hey, there's something happening up here, which you probably know about, but uh, it's Adam. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean it's Adam? What? Like, <laughs> we what, didn't know what that meant. We didn't know cryptic, what that meant. Cryptic, yeah. And I was like, he's like, I can't say a lot, but what's <laughs> happening up there is Adam Krause. And I was like, hmm, I'm going to go ahead and look this up real quick. And then next thing you know, it like took off with, you know, how it played out in social media and how people decided to handle themselves, which is a very important part of our film. And uh, from there, we went and saw the short and... You know, what happened that night, Sarah, when basically mm-hmm. I was like, you and I looked at each other after we saw the short and said, we got to talk to Adam. Right like, now. Right now. Yeah. And of course, I had like the, uh, like, I'm going to ask you to prom shakes as I went up to Adam oh, and said, uh, you ready to make this a feature, my man? Because like, I kind of asked your wife if it was okay and she's good with it. So yeah, we did. We did ask Amanda first, which was, you always ask the wife first. I guess so. Happy wife, happy life. Yeah. And it's basic yeah. math. No. So you both then were able to then go from short to feature. So you've got the background in it. So mm-hmm. ultimately, and I know, like you said, it's kind of maybe a different experience from, right. from gags to the stylist. So that being said, ultimately, what was it then? What do you think? And without spoiling anything, of course, but what are the true challenges going then from short to feature? And we'll even start with Sarah just on the production design side, because ultimately, I know it starts from the script. We've got the finished product. So ultimately, when you were approached with the script, what were you looking at in terms of bringing it to life? Well, I was excited because I felt like there were a lot of things. I mean, the color theory part of like what we did for the stylist short film was is something that I've been like expanding and really wrapping my design style around now for a year. So I feel like I have some practice. I mean, doing Gags a Clown and a few other because we produced a few other things in between now and then has me very excited for the stylist because it'll be uh, one of the first movies that I feel like I've had this long to think about which is and time is always like that's the thing that indie filmmakers need to use to their advantage it's like if you don't have money yeah. you better use your time right yeah most but, uh, most big budgets come from just time like people yeah. go why does this cost so much or why is this a 300 million dollar budget it's because 
that pays for so many people to work so long so on long these things. And it's not like, yeah. oh, this is, we're eating $50,000 dinners. It's actually like, <laughs> I got to work on this for nine months of prep, and then I spent three months actually in pre-production. Mm-hmm. That's where the money goes on such things. So in the indie game, it's on you. It's on you, you, know, you to be thinking about it. And for the stylist, I think it's so fun to think that we've had a second to let it marinate and think about Hey, we're about to redesign Claire's lair. How can <laughs> how can we how can we step this up just yeah. a little differently? Well, because yeah, the second yeah. chance at something we already are happy with, so yeah. it is weird in that way. We're like, yeah. how are we going to up some of these things? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. What kind? So did so you take? You got to put bacon on that burger. Yeah, right <laughs> some sort of meat potentially on <laughs> that, that burger, <laughs> or maybe some wrap snacks. I guess. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Wraps nice on the burger. Who Fitz, doesn't like chips on their sandwich, right? Well, the Fetty Wap actually complements all of the... Uh, I, I hear human meat really nicely. But mm. ultimately... No, no, no. But ultimately, Jill, um, you know, we, we uh, you hear it all the time. People really love the character of Claire. What were... What, did you have fun kind of going back to the character to expand on what she, you know, what she is, where she came from? Yeah, and I got to spend a lot more obviously a lot more time with her so she's so much more developed than she was for the short there are even some things that are changed from the short about her cool. um you'll have to wait and oh, see. of course but of course certain things i was like that's not the focus i don't want people to be looking at that this is more about her psych- psychology and what she's dealing with inside um so it was it was nice to be able to spend that much time like thinking about her and i felt for a while i'm like I know this movie like the back of my hand, like we could start tomorrow mm-hmm. in comparison to other film scripts I have in my life that I feel like I need to read 3,000 times to, to where I can feel like that. Like I'm going like, to recite scene to scene almost like what we need to do. Um, but yeah, I feel just very close to Claire and I'm dying to show people more. Everyone wants to know more about her, it seems. And I think one of the things so i will admit when i first saw the stylist i went home initially and i watched maniac because i think that's the first knee-jerk reaction but as you revealed to us um you know claire shares more in touch with leatherface than ultimately the character from maniac so are we going to expect any kind of not leatherface <laughs> nothing along those lines <laughs> I need but ultimately that just that I? misunderstood character and just you know the pathos involved because like i said i was so surprised that I, I knew Claire was a bad person. But you still felt for Claire. Oh, I mean, absolutely. you still felt... I mean, after the short, you're just like... Just that long exhale of just like... Kind of like... I'm glad that sadness is like... Cathartic, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? So, a character like that... I think the difference, though, isn't really that... You know, certain villains are more sympathetic or not. It's just that we're, we, portray, we get to portray them that way or actually... You know, say, like, Jason, for instance, we don't ever get to know anything about him, really. He's, like, a very flat villain. Sorry mm-hmm. to anyone who's a Friday the 13th is going to kill me out there. But, I mean, the difference in, like, Maniac is told from his perspective, even Maniac being a slasher, I think he's still sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Like, you see him lay in bed crying with, like, you see all these flashbacks to his mother. Um, so it's just the, the way that you show the character and actually let people get to know them, and then you understand that there's depth and there's reasons for why they do this versus, like, they're just a monster that kills people. That's right. it. Yeah. Well, and you've got a compact, complex character like Claire. So my question is, ultimately, how are you trying to then... They always talk like there's a film language that you can talk to, whether it's just movie quotes, movie references. Um, did you have them look at any particular films, themes, to kind of influence the look and everything with the stylist? Mm. 
Yeah, I've recently sent them a list of films. <laughs> big big old list. list. Yeah, yeah, it's actually a pretty big list. We've gotten through it's a great, bunch though. of them. Yeah. Watched them already? Awesome. Yeah. Now, we we without, try to watch one a night. Without spoiling anything, are can we, we give a few... Yeah, can we... You know, what what, what, are, we, what are we pulling mm. from for this? Well, one of our Kickstarter rewards is getting this list, so I can only give a few of them away. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I feel like I'll let you handle this, Jill. Um, I think a good one that really can kind of give you a vibe of, like, the structure of the movie is it's very, like, single white female meets maniac. Um, If you can can find a mixture in there somewhere. Um, But then with some of that vibe, elegantly color, you know, design from, like, Romeo and Juliet type of thing, so... Yeah, yeah, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet is one of my favorite yeah. films. I was going to say, all time. you can always see a the, bit like, of Baz the, in the, your the films. The, yeah. Like, yeah. The, the theatrics and the color, you know, like, we des- we're trying to design it not like real life, like a hyper-stylized version of it. So ultimately then, where is that? do you enjoy that kind of challenge then, uh, you guys, uh, regarding that kind of a list, those kind of films? And especially even, are you watching any of these for the first time? Single white female, we did, nice. um, and without saying what else is on that list. Um, well, oh, even better yet, how can people get a hold of that list? Let's go ahead and talk the Kickstarter website there real quick. And the whole reason I we are here. Which reward that is? One of our rewards <laughs> includes getting this list, and not only the list, but you'll get like a paragraph of what this means to me. Well, and this is what ultimately, you know, you doing this, and that's what I love about the horror community, the genre community, the film community, is people come together for something like this. And I think especially when they see the talent involved and the proof of concept that truly is the short, I think most people realize this is something to get behind. So yeah. ultimately, do you have the uh, the tears pulled up there, I Jill? Do. It's a high one. That's okay. Well, let's start at the bottom. What if someone wanted to just donate a dollar? One dollar to the stylist feature film. We will. What do they do? What do they do? (laughs) We will appreciate it and message you and say thank you. You know what? That's 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 a little goes a long way. So if you can donate a dollar, Jill herself will say thank you. Now whether it is put out in the universe through social media, whether it is just out in the social consciousness, that's fine. Thank you. That's dope. That's almost like a royal decree. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what is the next step up? Um, Ten dollars is a social media shout out. Twenty five. You get a screener of the online premiere, like a private link to watch it Ooh. after we premiere at a festival. Next so step I have to go through all of these. Well, $50, I- you get to own the film once down the line. We're talking a long time. Um, and you get to come along the journey. You get to be like, you get to follow a private Instagram story. So you oh, get to like cool. behind the scenes every day as we're making the film. Nice. Okay. And I just, I want to give them a little insight wait, to that. An exciting one is our hundred dollars is where we have our Kickstarter edition poster, which is an homage to the maniac poster. That's where you truly start seeing the savings. Sorry. I was going completely off the of script. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh no. She's, but you also get everything prior for each step you course, go up. Of course. No, that's, that's a sweet poster though. Too. Another By one. By Lou Rusconi, who's done a lot of art for us. He did a couple posters for the short film even that we turned into stickers and all kinds of stuff. So what do you think at this point then? Obviously, funding is the main key at this point. Um, this episode will be released on Friday, September 13th. How many more days do we have with the fundraiser right now? That will be... We're up the 26th, September 26th, okay. so... I don't can't do math. Right Twenty-three now. days. Thirteen days. No. What? Thirteen, 13 days. We, we don't. Thirteen days. That's why I make movies. When this hits your ears, it will be thirteen days left. 
So ultimately, then I was about to get out my calculator really quick. Like, well, shit. (laughs) We got to remind everyone that Kickstarter is all or nothing. And that's the thing. If we don't reach our goal, all that money just disappears. So we've made. We made it this far. We can't lose it, guys. You got to help us. We're too deep. We can't go back now. <laughs> yeah, and that's just it. I mean, it. You really, you've the the outpouring of support on this film. I think has hopefully shown you that there's an audience for it. That I and we're gonna just put the positive vibe out there. When the goal is hit, I can't wait to see what happens with that. So that being said, ultimately, then I know a lot of already pre-production has been going on. What have you guys done so far with the film in and of itself? Mm, well, that you can give away without spoiling anything, mm-hmm. of course. I guess the spoiler that isn't, I guess, a spoiler is that we're here in Kansas City recording a podcast, which means that <laughs> we are doing location scouting. Ah! Yeah, we're trying to get it you know, much ahead of everything as we can. Like we said, we don't have the luxury of being paid to do this for a year long. Um, so anything we can start preparing for now, especially securing locations, that's such a huge thing. and. That's a thing that can make your movie look like you had a million dollars if yeah. you find the right places. That that's something I learned early on, maybe from Robert Rodriguez's book. That you know, you find something that locations everything. Like you see things, you can shoot in a white walled apartment, and like that's hideous. And There's like, no value in it. Spend the time no to value. find something that looks good or fits whatever you're trying to say. That's cool, unique. Something about mm-hmm. it visually, location wise. That's always been a big like focus for me with shorts. Is that will make us look like we. You've I don't know, visually had something mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. And I've already hit about 300 estate sales. So nice. <laughs> you hit that estate sale on the last day and you show up with a truck, they just mm-hmm. they want just you like to fill it up. Fill it your up. garage up. So, That's what I was always curious about is where do all of those things come from? Like how hard is it? What kind, is, is it fun for you as kind of almost like a challenge scavenger hunt? Mm-hmm. Is it, Okay. I was always curious because I know with some people it might be more of a work thing because if I had to do that... I don't I gotta think find I... a fucking typewriter? What the fuck? Where am I yeah. gonna find a typewriter at? What type fun. of typewriter? Exactly. Yeah. One of those like. The biggest thing is like storing it. You must have like a giant storage place for all this random crap. There's kind of stuff for all this movie within several different companies' storage places right now. They don't know their storage. I've still got the vanity here. Yeah. We've held onto that vanity from the short film, which a friend of mine found. It was an antique. And we've been. I was like, we're gonna make this into a future. We're gonna use that again. Not that I ever want to get rid of sure. it, but I'm like, we're gonna use that again. Definitely. <laughs> now I'm hoping, or is uh, Colleen coming along on this ride as well? Hopefully. Yeah, we've been talking to her about. Yeah, she built our special, our scalping, ah. which is freaking awesome. Um, you will maybe get to see more scalpings. I don't know. Uh, you, <laughs> unsure of it. I'm unsure. I, I gotta say, write the script first. It's gonna be great. You, just no. kidding. Just, I was about to say, I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you need to make like a scalped tier somehow or another. Oh, so you could be scalped. Oh well, you know. Well, maybe. that's a hard thing because. Um, but way up there on our uh, producer rewards, if you yeah. donate a good chunk, six thousand dollars, you'll get an associate producer credit and one of the scalps torn off someone's head on the, in the film. Well, you get to s- display it in your home like a total sociopath. Well, like I do all the time. It, it travels <laughs> with you, but I think that's a good segue to talk regarding producing, the fact that Sarah and Robert, you are both producers on this film as well. Mm-hmm. I'm always curious, because Jill has executive, she's produced as well, and I'm always curious, what do you do as a producer? Because it just seems like such a abstract title, 
but it seems like depending Breach. on the production, yep. it Hard could be something different, right? And does Pepper demand her own trailer? <laughs> like... I mean, Pepper's definitely, that's really where majority of the budget's going to go. Right. Most of her accommodations. Right. Exactly. <laughs> accommodations, it's not even on screen. So. Yeah. So what would you say your roles in this point with producing is regarding the stylist? Um, I, I do pretty well in like the... <laughs> old school producing method i'm like good at even though social media is not my strong point <laughs> apparently podcasting might not also make it on my resume Killer. i like going meeting people i mean it's i think the estate sale searching life has like prepared me for the producer like cold call cold come up type thing and despite not knowing calendar days i'm actually decent at math um <laughs> so i think most of what i can give to the table is like prep for the line producer for the production manager to come on from like a in being married to rob and like knowing a lot as far as the what is going to be happening on screen a lot of the logistics we're going to need to just have what he he and jill want to do on screen how to make that work off screen slash like from the production in the production design standpoint everything's an option so everywhere you walk in is like it's an option as a location that's a person as an option as an extra that's an option as a whatever type of thing so it's kind of i think that's more in independent filmmaking producing it, it does seem abstract because it's really like it's really like resource like there's not producers like kind of a better name for like organizer resourcer person which yes. doesn't really quite have the ring <laughs> as producer but, but you constantly have to keep like your eyes like open they yeah make you know everything happens they, yeah. like producers now. make everything happen the yeah. wheels are always turning and yeah the, and the, everything is always has to be on yeah yeah and it's great and something that i think rob and i would suggest to a lot of people it's great for us it has been so enriching mm -hmm. jumping back and forth between being producers and key crew members mm -hmm. because right. you mm -hmm. really learn the process mm -hmm. like you kind of know like when we know when to cut the corner yeah, I mean, yeah. our day jobs are bt movies sci-fi channel movies working for all these different companies and when it comes to cutting corners we know exactly how to cut them and that's a big thing for when we walk into a house we meet a person we see a uh, a hero car that we might see on the side of the road and go hey uh this car probably should be in our next piece you know <laughs> like we need to we need to talk about what can we do for you so that we can put this awesome station wagon in our movie like yeah. it ends up being just like you're you're a, you put together puzzles with the wrong pieces but it comes together and it's just an amazing fulfilling thing it's an addiction yeah, it's like for both of us problem solving and the yeah. reward how you feel when you figure something out like how the hell mm -hmm. are we gonna do this and well, when i'm not doing it i like i can't wait to do it again it's a mm -hmm. weird real weird feeling but i think you guys are doing it right by um actually doing other stuff besides the producing and the other thing you're in mm -hmm. the trenches you like you said you know how to cut corners and that's an important thing to still experiment to make things fit but you still know it's going to work because you've done it a million times mm -hmm. before, and so when you're able to do when you're able to do stuff like that, that makes things run a lot more smoother. When so. you know the corner, you can yeah. just cut and shave mm -hmm. it yeah. or whatever. Mm -hmm. So yeah. But it is interesting. Like we went, we did a, we went through the whole script last time they were in town, and to to jump back and forth between like creative director position to producer, which is more like legit thinking about this logistically. Like, well, I understand from a producer perspective. This makes sense to cut, but director Jill's like, this is what this means to the story. So like going back and forth. Right. 
Uh, like like the kid like, side of me and the yeah. adult side of me. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. And do you find there's also transition troubles sometimes as well from going from taking off one hat mm. to another one? Certainly. I mean, mm-hmm. it, we're I mean, always spinning plates. The thing is you forget like how you're supposed to spin it. Sometimes you go, wait a minute, the, the DP in me wants to make sure that we got enough time to you know light this set and then the producer side of me goes dude you got five minutes (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah it's it's difficult but that challenge is like so addicting Mm -hmm. so a couple things then before we kind of wrap up here ultimately again where can our listeners find out on the kickstarter what is the website again really quickly here because we're going to transition to some other good fun stuff well, if you go to Kickstarter, you can just search the stylist feature film or my website, sixtape.com. It's like the first thing you'll see on the page to, to take you right to the Kickstarter. And you can watch the short film right there on our Kickstarter page. So you can, if you haven't seen it, you can look at it and be like, do I like this? Yeah. Yes. And then I give them all my money. <laughs> I think that's how that works. It's all, truly all worthy of money. a feature. I mean, speaking from personally, I want to see this movie, you know? And another way that you can fund, actually, and we're going to transition to a little little segment we do. It's called a Rotten Rentals recommendation, uh, and it turns out that Rotten Rentals actually have a little uh, thing going on here with the stylus. But genius, really quickly, enter the mic. What are Rotten Rentals here? <laughs> Remember those old school clamshell covers that they had back in the VHS days? Well, that's what these Rotten Rentals are. But inside of them, it's not the VHS. There's these really dope stuff. There's like uh, trinkets and uh, little figurines and cards. But the artwork on the outside is some cool old school artwork or new school artwork or some variant covers of some of your favorite horrors. It's super dope. RottenRentals.com. But what do we have for today? Just last night they announced, or no, Saturday the 7th, they announced a uh, limited edition, the stylus Rotten Rental. So we've got the Maniac homage art on the front yeah. and he even they even designed the back to look like the original the maniac setup um and inside i don't know if this is supposed to be a surprise uh-huh. um the stuff that comes inside is very specific to the stylus like nice. it's all very cool stuff like they even got these mirrors made that say like i need to look perfect on the back that's dope there's that's... gonna be like a little shears a little trinket you could put on a necklace i want one um, of these mm-hmm. I think maybe we'll even Mandy have a lock of hair in there. I was going to say brandy figurines where you could take the hair off and on and on. Do they come with wrap snacks inside of them too? <laughs> I'm going to just like rentals? crush up wrap snacks and sprinkle them in. No, that's not really part of it. Sorry, guys. I'd be up for it though. But a por- of the proceeds. Yeah, the portion of the proceeds from the Rotten Rentals will go to the Kickstarter. Yes. So there are many multiple ways that you can proceed. So before we close up here, because you guys were initially introduced with the unofficial sponsor of the podcast, Rap Snacks, by curious, you know, Jill is kind of the connoisseur, so she reviews them. I'm curious, what were your initial, what was your favorite of the bunch that we put together here? Oh, wow. <laughs> I had every single one of them, and I think <laughs> I, I think really the one that uh, was the one that drove me absolutely insane was these barbecuing with my honey you know, little Romeo knows yeah. how to pick his chips. That's my favorite one. <laughs> Sarah, what was one of your favorites there? Well, I really liked... I feel like that's the wrong favorite choice, Rob, but I'll accept it. There are, there's, okay. no, there's no wrong there's way to eat a wrap snack. <laughs> no oh, rap yes. snack shaming. No rap snack shaming. Yeah, I can't believe you did that. That's there's just no right. wrong way to eat a wrap snack. Rap snacks will never <laughs> forgive me. It's I'd good. love to put these on a sandwich. <laughs> this is my kid brother. He loves I his love wrap to put snack. like Doritos well, well, he on. He eats it. really weird. It's uh, like a fucking hole in the middle of the chip. The What's Doritos? <laughs> I don't know, but now I put would put wrap snacks. Obviously, there on you the, go. On yeah. the sandwich. 
I think Doritos out, wrap snacks in. I think I was about the Cardi B cheddar barbecue, and I those are good. Didn't I? I was because sometimes like a cheddar chip, I get kind of weird about like cheese and a chip situation. But this was it's pretty good. I think it's my favorite. The cheese to chip ratio is pretty spot on with those. No, are you still team Migos with the dab? Are you still team Migos with the dab of ranch? Yep. Yeah. Till I die. Till you die. It's the next tattoo. I know. Well, Dabbing is a lifestyle. And I'll just say this: if you if you haven't <laughs> had a chance, <laughs> if you haven't had a chance to see Jill's uh, one last meal, the new premiere, you could go worse with wrap snacks as your last request. Question. There. W- w- Wait, why w- didn't I say I had, I was interviewed recently and they asked me what my last meal would be? Uh, and I fucked up. <laughs> I revoke my answer and it's wrap snacks. So, question: No spoilers for one last meal, but. Would wrap snacks make a good accoutrement for the one la- for the last meal, like a good side dish? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. What flavor Why would? Yeah. What flavor would complement the the titular mm-hmm. the one last meal? meal? That's a great question. <laughs> we we like to close out with know, something, something, something with wavy. ranch. So, oh, there's a, dab little, of there's ranch. a Migo with a dab of ranch wavy chips. It's barbecue These and ranch. These ones are the barbecue with my honey with a dab of ranch. The collaboration. Yeah, you might like this. No, that actually what? might be my joint. Collaboration might be the best way to stop because whether you're collaborating with rap snacks or collaborating with people coming together and making a film happen, this is the way it happens. So thank you guys for taking the time to talk with us again. Really quickly, where can our listeners find you out on the social media? You can find me at Film Street, and that's IG. And also, we have a company. Three Ton Mango and the Line Film. Co- oh wait, I don't know which one I was supposed to say. But we have Three Ton Mango. You can always, IG, three you can always find us on Vimeo at I'm the Line Film Company. I'm gonna start running their social media, the Line Film Co. Yeah. Oh, no. sorry. Sorry, we're on. We're just on set. You know, I don't know. <laughs> A lot of on set. I know we're talking about stylus, but you, we talked about gags earlier. Is that's coming out? Is there? A- oh, it's out we, this week. Yes, yeah, out this week. Gags was released September third on. Well, we Amazon had, and uh, DirecTV released it. We got a few other theaters coming up yet mm-hmm. to be announced. Yeah, to be announced. We uh, Hulu, iTunes. We got a bunch of stuff yeah. happening. Uh, um, and it does have a Facebook and an IG for Gags the Clown. I, I actually follow. I got. I got in a, a fight with a dude on it. But <laughs> oh wow! Uh-oh. Yeah, somebody went in. They were like, uh, "Oh, another Killer Clown movie," and I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." It's it's a lot more than just that. Yes. G- Gags is about that person. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it kind of yes, is. It the really movie's is. about them. Okay. Yeah. And of course, Miss Jill. Um, at Jill6, two X's, six tape. But most importantly, follow the stylist film. Yes. At the stylist film. Absolutely. So again, thank you all for taking the time to come out and talk with us. No, chat. Ch- now is thank the time you to chow down. For having us. Of course. Oh. Oh, producer that was That was. We're getting crank. No, is it crunk? Damn it. No, is it crank? Crank? We're getting crank. Crunk. Crunk. That's what I'm thinking of. Damn it. Sam. We're not getting any crank, Greg. Okay, I sorry. think that's a drug. That's, we're, yeah. we're, we're getting dabbing. wavy. We're I was, dabbing. We're dabbing. We're dabbing. So <laughs> until next week, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Bye.